Andy. All right, people, welcome to Pips Creek, the cafe where you can sit at our table, order your favorite drink, and listen to some slightly intense but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast where you can drink, listen, and converse. Today, I am joined in the cafe virtually by Denise. Say hello, Denise. Hello, everyone. And I am in the cafe solo dolo, um, but it is all right. All right. So for those of you out there, you know that we always have a conversation centered around drinks. And today I am drinking on what I normally drink on, and that is some good old bourbon. And um, actually net zero or zero um, ginger ale, which is no carbs, no sugar, so it's keto-friendly, and I am back on keto. All right, Denise, what are you drinking on? Water with lemon. Definitely keto. All right. She is drinking on water, and so for those of you out there, you know that you can get your favorite drink, and if you are over the age of 21, get your favorite alcoholic beverage. If you are under the age of 21 or just don't feel like drinking, that's perfectly fine. You don't have to. You can get you some water like Denise. You can get you some soda. You can get you some coffee. You can get you some tea. You can get you some lemonade, some pop, or some orange juice. All right, so are you ready to get into um, the conversation today? I am ready. So... So What's on the menu today at Peeps Creek? Hot stuff coming up. <laughs> and on today's menu is episode 31. That episode being One Punch or Seth Defense. All right. Um, for those of you out there who don't know, but you should know, the menu is the topic. All right, Denise, you want to um, set us up on this particular episode? Yes, I will start by saying it was one of my favorite episodes out of the entire series. It was episode three and four. Is there a reason why we're calling it episode 31? Yes, because this is the 31st podcast episode. Oh, okay. You may hear the jet passing by from where I live, so I do apologize for that. Um, All right. So episode 31, which is episode three in the actual series, um, talks about a 22-year-old teenager, right? I can call him a teenager at that age. Wow. He's an adult, but... A a 22-year-old adult. My bad. Um, That goes... uh, Well, his name is Brandon Joyner. Um, and he is getting charged with assault. Um, the title of the episode, like Sean mentioned, is One Punch Assault or Self-Defense. So he's getting charged with assaulting a 60-year-old neighbor, um, David Turner. Um, and this punch that he throws or this assault that occurs leaves David Turner paralyzed and unable to speak. Um, but Brandon Joyner is claiming that it was all in self-defense because David was having a fight or was, um, physically assaulting his son-in-law, which lived in the residence and was the actual neighbor for Brandon. All right. So, so that, that was a, thank you, Denise. That was a lot of information. So let's just, um, <laughs> Was that not up to your standards? (laughs) No, it's fine. But let's just cabin this to what it was. So we opened this episode. This episode opens with um, 
a phone call. There's a phone call. We don't know who the phone call is, but you can hear there's a sense of panic from this individual. And, you know, she basically says, they're fighting out here. They're fighting. They're starting up. And then she doesn't give us any idea of who they are, right? Um, and so, and we don't know whether or not she's just a person who lives in the neighborhood or if she's part of one of the sides of the families, right? And as Denise indicated, Brandon Joyner um, is a neighbor. And when you hear, um, when you see the, the episode, Brandon lives uh, maybe a few streets, a few, excuse me, houses Houses. down the street, but across the street from where the fight was occurring, okay? So, Brandon Joyner, 22 years old, he's about 6'2", he's pretty big, I I don't know how many pounds, but when you look at him, he's a, a fairly large individual, but... Um, his demeanor is not one that's aggressive. When you see him, he's very timid, I would say so. Um, and we'll talk about how that plays in um, the case um, as we go on. All right, so as Denise mentioned, there is a Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner is um, the individual who is also a neighbor on the street, right? And what we hear and understand at least is that Mr. Turner is in a fight with his son in law. His son in law is a i think it's christopher kane is that right or i know it's Um, kane the last name i don't forget the the first name christopher kane yeah so we hear that there is a fight going on between these two um ultimately what happens is that brandon intervenes right um into this particular fight and when he intervenes there is a punch, allegedly, on one side, right? We get different stories, and we'll talk about that as we go through. But there's a punch that happens, and that punch does come from Brandon. Um, and that one punch assault basically knocks Mr. Turner out, right? Um, I, I don't know how old is Turner. Is he 60-something? Would, would you said it? Um, He was in his, six, yeah, 60-year-old neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. And the hit hits him to the point where he falls, he bit Mr. Turner falls, hit his head on the concrete. Um, and when you when the video opens, you see the police there, you see the body cam image of it or video camera if Yeah, someone it. was actually videoing it on their cell phone because that comes out later on that thanks to that cell phone, you know, that they actually took the cell phone and videoed it but also helped they were able to get some you know information right but that but as we find out that that cell phone of the initial fight is actually brandon's cell phone so um the the image of the video showing turner on the ground is actually the police body cam um showing him knocked out unconscious unable to say anything all right so that that is where we are with the setup of the case right um and so do you want to add anything to that part denise um no i think it was actually brandon's birthday as well wasn't it brandon's birthday and they were actually celebrating um when the whole fight actually came out so him and his friends were actually together which his friends turned out to also be pivotal for the case right so in this particular case, Brandon, um, <clears throat> the police arrive. You hear um, Mr. Turner's wife crying. Why did he hit him like that? Why did he hit him? He didn't have to hit him. <laughs> Just screaming in the background, crying, right? 
um, while the body camera of the police officer is um, showing Mr. Turner just cold cocked out, like out, like not even responsive. Um, and so do you want to tell them who Mr. Kane is and then ironically who Mr. Turner is to Mr. Kane? Well, I think we mentioned it, right? Son-in-law. Um, Did so, you? Oh. Yeah. So Christopher Kane is the husband of David Turner's daughter. Um, and so he, I'm not sure if we mentioned this or not, but Christopher Kane was disabled because he has suffered a stroke. Right. Um, and that was a known thing or known um, factor in the neighborhood, which is why when they realized that the fight was happening with Kane, which is, I think they called him New York. I think mm -hmm. that was his nickname or something. Yeah, New York. New York. Um, Brandon and the friends came over because they knew that Kane wasn't going to be able or New York wasn't going to be able to defend himself because of the stroke that he has suffered. Um, and so, so yeah, so Christopher Kane was David Turner's son-in-law married to David Turner's daughter. Right. So, and, and, and so what happens is, is that prior to Brandon actually coming across the street, um, and just by the way, it was only Brandon who came, not his friends, at least according to their testimony. Now, I don't know what the video showed. If it showed them there, that's not what they said in their witness testimony. But putting that aside, before Brandon comes over, he is actually video, um, videoing the altercation between Turner and Kane. So I'm just going to use, um, instead of New York and all that, I'm just going to use the, their last name. So Kane... Um, which is Turner's son-in-law and and then Turner. So you hear Turner on the video saying, I'm a, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fuck this motherfucker up. I mean, just aggressive. At least I would categorize it as being aggressive. Cursing, yelling. You hear banging. Um, and as Denise already indicated, Mr. Kane is disabled. He had a stroke. And so he could barely walk is what I understand. Um, and so at some point as the aggression between um, at least Mr. Turner, because I don't think we really hear Kane um, on the video, think, yeah. right? So then Turner comes, excuse me, then Brandon comes and tries to, I'm going to use this word, the episode doesn't really use the word, I'm just going to say he was coming to try to intervene just to get Kane out of the area. Would you disagree with that? No, I, I agree. Right. All right. So Kane was, I mean, Brandon Joyner was trying to come across the street and um, help him out. You hear that you you see or at least hear at least the way they did the those jets are annoying. At least the way they um, showed the the episode on A&E. Right. Um, you hear some kind of other altercation. Brandon says that um, he, Mr. Turner was coming towards him and he took, he looked at him and he hit him, right? Would you, how would you describe what happened from? I think he said that, um, that Turner was coming towards, you know, towards him because he was holding Kane. Right, trying to and, get him down the stairs. And he, didn't he say something to him first? And then the second time is when he hit him. Um, well, if he says that, that's not what he testifies to at trial. Um, maybe. 
but all I know is is that there was there was really no communication between the two, at least his testimony at trial. Um, but I don't think that really matters because what matters is for purposes of trial, he said he didn't he didn't give him any kind of warning. Now, Turner might have said something to him. I think Brandon indicated that Turner was cursing at him and been aggressive towards him. And he was in a fighter stance. He, Ben Turner, was in a fighter stance. Um, and he hit him. And when he hit him, Turner was out. And because of this, Brandon was... Um, charged with assault and battery and this occurred in South Carolina and in South Carolina they also have the the aspect added addition added to with a high and aggravated nature now what we don't know is what facts contributed to why the the officers charged him and the prosecutors ultimately continued with that prosecution of assault and battery with a high and a you know, with a high and aggregated nature. What we don't know is, it, is it because he hit the ground and in addition to the punch as well as the concrete, the concrete became a weapon. Um, and so therefore that was one reason that would cause it to be with a higher aggravated nature. Or are they saying that Brandon came over there aggressively with the intent of injuring Turner? But we don't find out one way or the other why they charge him with that. But anyhow, they charge him with that. And what I think I understand from the case, even though they don't make it very clear, is I think that particular charge was a felony charge. Because... Um, the only reason I say that is that as we, we go through the episode a little further, we'll talk a little bit about the plea deal. And one of the plea deals was to do it as a misdemeanor. Um, Denise, do you recall whether or not it was a felony? The initial charge? I don't know. I have the second charge, but I don't have the first one. All right, that's 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 fine. And so Brandon is saying throughout this process and, and that the punch wasn't out of aggression. It was to what he said to hold him to back him up. That's what that's what I wrote down. That it was to back him up. Him being Turner because um, Turner is aggressive. And so then we meet Brandon's attorney. Brandon's attorney is Stephen Hisker. What do you think about Mr. Hisker? I I liked him personally. Me too. I think that he, I think it was in his, um, how's the word? Like he really wanted to help Brandon. He, he felt that Brandon wasn't lying to him. He, um, tried to do the best he could to, to help him. Okay. So, um, then what we do find out is is that um, this this self defense claim um, that 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 they are bringing at least they are alleging is self defense. All right. So what the 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 defense is is bringing is um, self defense the def of oneself and others. Okay. Um, and so. Um, that is the defense that they're bringing because I'm not sure that Brandon, even though Brandon testifies to the fact that he was trying to back Turner up, right? I don't think he is a legend that he was truly, truly fearing for his life, but he was protecting himself because of the aggression that Turner was coming. But I feel like the what he was ultimately trying to do is defend Mr. Kane, whom he knew was disabled. Would you disagree with that? 
No, I agree. I, I completely agree that that's what he was trying to do. Okay. Um, and so do, do you want to tell the people why that was important for him or at least what he indicates or what we get from the show as to why defending Mr. Kane was important to Brandon? Um, hopefully this is what I gathered is what you gathered as well. But his mother is also um, disabled. And so he's been pivotal to her, you know, being able to do things. He's been in charge of helping her. Um, she suffers from seizures or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so he's seen her struggle. He's been there for her. So he almost is like a caregiver for her as well. So he understands, you know, what it is to what a disabled person goes through. So he he was compelled to go help this person as well because what if it was happening to my mother, right? right. It would have been the same situation. Right, exactly. So um, we hear that. Now, Denise had already hinted towards this. Now, when the cops came, we see, and, and we see all of this in real action because mm -hmm. the cops body cam um, video is actually on throughout the process once they arrive. And just a side note, what annoys me is in this little minor, I'm calling it a minor altercation. I know that the Turner family would not Agreed. claim it's that, but in this minor situation, it would be helpful if officers have their body cam videos on at all fucking times so that yeah. when we have issues when for instance black folks are just shot by cops we will actually see the video and be able to make judgments upon ourselves and use that as evidence particularly if an officer is um innocent as they proclaim sorry that's just a side note just because it's very yeah. frustrating and annoying but this video, I think, shows the ineptitude of the officers here. So the officers arrive, you, you hear them ask, well, what happened to the wife? She's crying, screaming, whatever. And then they go to Brenda's house. They go to Brenda's house, you see them, he's sitting on the couch, right? Um, and they ask if they can get a statement. Brandon gives them a statement, right? Mm -hmm. He tells them what happened. He also says, the officers specifically says, well, you know, we just trying to get your side of the story because we don't have any independent witnesses. Well, Brandon says, well, I, there, there's some, there were some folks here <laughs> who saw he what was going on, right? And if you want to talk to them, here's their name, here's their number, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, right? So Brandon gives them the names of these witnesses now question becomes whether or not these folks are truly independent witnesses because they could have some penchant to lie for brandon because they're his friends but at the end of the day from a legal perspective they were not involved in the altercation none of them actually crossed the street with brandon when brandon went over there to to help mr kane in fact when you when we go through the 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 interviews actually with the witnesses you hear them say we stayed behind one, one witness said, well, because Brandon was stronger. And, no <laughs> and then another witness said, well, because, um, you know, that's just the type of person Brandon is. He will go and try to help someone. So we, we didn't have to intervene, right? Now, the officers get this information and what do they do with that information, Denise? Not a single thing. Not so, a single thing. Why do they call them independent witnesses? What's the difference? Um, as I just stated, 
<laughs> I mean, I know you said that because they're friends, you know, so they don't know what what they may or may not. But it's, it's my first time hearing the term independent witnesses. Yeah. So um, typically what happens is an independent witness is someone who doesn't have any interest in the matter. Um, and so or they're not very close to the person. So they're they're a witness who saw the event, but they are kind of a foot away or arm's length away from the, the interaction. In other words, like if we were all in, a, in the restaurant and we all got into a fight and I was arrested and I say, well, you can contact Denise you wouldn't be considered an independent witness because you were right there in the midst of what was going on, right? right so and in, go ahead. In this case, what are those people then? Because they were all related to the situation one way or the other. Some related to Brandon, some related to, to the victim. So what would they be called, just regular witnesses? Well, uh, I think from f just the way that the episode set it up and the way that we saw um, the where the individuals were my perspective would be would be that they are considered independent witnesses because they were not involved in the altercation they didn't go across the street into the altercation they were able to say what they heard what they saw while they were just standing across the street figuring out what they want to do does that make sense yeah but like like my question is okay so let's let's forget about the episode right let's let's imagine that it happened the same way it happened what will those family members and friends be considered? Just regular witnesses? Or is there such thing between an independent witness and a regular witness? Well, typically a independent witness is a witness who's not um, closely associated with the issue. So in this case, I would call them independent witnesses because they didn't go across the street. The wife is definitely not an independent witness, right? She has, she's an uh, interested um, witness, right? Another way to think about it is an interested witness and an uninterested witness. An inter interested witness is a witness who has some kind of outcome to get out of the situation. There's a closeness there, right? So typically your, your wife, your husband, your fiance, those people who are close to you and you all involved, they more likely than not would be an interested interest because, uh, witness because they have some kind of gain out of the situation. Out of the situation. Okay. Right. Now, they can. I don't think it matters one way or the other because at the end of the day, any officer who's going to do the right job especially when they are responding to an event after that event occurred. It's not like the officers were there and they saw it themselves. They would want to interview these witnesses, right? Wouldn't you think? Definitely, especially with the fact that he told them and he gave them the information. Right. The, the fact that after, well, I'm sure you'll get to it, but the fact that those witnesses were interviewed afterwards tells you there were people there. There were people that saw and witnessed what was going on. Right. Um, and so at the end of the day, the cops did not interview these people. Um, and so before we get to their witnesses, we get to Brandon. Brandon, once he's charged, you know, he basically says that, you know, I, I get it. I understand the wife is upset. I understand. I, I feel sorry for her. Um, but, you know, this is basically this is about me. This is about my defense. But 
I'm worried. As a 22-year-old, he basically says, when you're big, you're tall, you're black, you're guilty, right? And that, I felt like that statement was pivotal because it was, it was the epitome of what happened with that particular investigation. Because ultimately, the police officers had to make a determination as to who they believed, either the wife and the daughter-in-law, right, or Brandon. Um, and given the fact that the altercation did not happen or did not begin between Branding and Turner, I find it very hard pressed for the police officers to jump to the conclusion that Brandon was an aggressor and so therefore he should be charged, right? Um, and I don't think the fact simply because he's taller than Mr. Turner, simply because he's bigger than Mr. Turner, and simply because he's younger than Mr. Turner, those shouldn't be factors that automatically go to the fact that, oh, he's an aggressor. We're going to charge him with assault and battery with a high and aggregated nature. Um, Did we mention that annoying. David Turner was um, intoxicated? No, we didn't. Right. Um, and, and, and we get that from the witnesses. So you want to talk about um, what happens and how did we get to these witnesses um, and kind of what they say? So um, Brandon's attorney hires, um, I think he's a retired policeman yep. um, that now does a uh, private investigation to, to help, you know, with the, with the case. He mentions to him what happened. He shows them the cameras. And he tells them there were these witnesses that the police never interviewed. So this private investigator goes in and speaks to the um, to those witnesses that were in there and that were there and that Brandon had given the information. Um, so they mentioned how he was uh, Mr. Turner was intoxicated. Um, he kept on pushing uh, Kane. So they they seen all this. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned earlier, they meant they said they didn't do anything because one, Brandon was tall enough to be able to, you know, separate them, um, and not even separate them because the way they make it seem is like it was Turner on top of Kane. Kane wasn't even doing anything because he couldn't even, you know, move himself. Um, and right. like the other friend said that he got it. You know what I mean? He's the. It almost sounds like Brandon is the neighbor. Brandon knows. New York, Brandon knows the family. He knows the issues they go through. They kind of let Brandon just handle it. Right. And they all know that Turner was a drunk is basically what yeah. I got from it. And that, and that he, he would to always have issues with the right. with the son-in-law. So it wasn't a first time thing. It was a constant thing between that family. You know, the father-in-law always wanting to to have fights with the son-in-law. So Right. Um, and so not only that, but the, the attorneys, um, the defense attorneys also go and, and meet with the, the Turner daughter. family. Yeah, and the wife, yeah. And the wife, right? And so here's where we get a turn for the case, right? So remember when I when I <laughs> when I said the opening, you know, we see the body camera, the footage from the officer, Turner's on the on the ground, knocked out the wife is oh, he had to hit him like that. He had to hit him. Why he hit him like that? Now <laughs> that was the beginning. Right. Once this case was taken, right? Once the prosecution decided they were going to move forward with a prosecution against Joyner, then we get another story, side of the story, and all of a sudden, Brandon 
didn't just hit Mr. Turner. <laughs> he didn't slap the man in the face with a brick. Brick. <laughs> yep. So the story jumps from a simple punch in the face till he hit him in the face with a brick. All right. It was hilarious to see when they actually came out of the house. I can't remember exactly what they said but it was more like yeah this didn't go well no not at all he said that they i, I think the the word or something that he used was that um they were bitter oh bitter uh, i think that's exactly what he said yeah yeah the family was bitter um now mind you the daughter the daughter is the wife of mr kane is the wife of mr kane but here's the caveat and here's the kicker Shortly after that incident, the incident where Mr. Turner was beaten or at least been aggressive to Mr. Kane, who's disabled, who can't move, right? Really? He had a stroke. Mr. Kane dies. Yeah, he passed away. Mr. Kane passes away. And there, one of the things that, that the attorney, Mr. Hicker, says mm -hmm. is that he can't believe that they didn't do any kind of investigation right. as to whether or not the incident from Turner, the actions from Turner, per, was... Uh, could have was, led to his to right, passing. Could have led to Mr. Kane's passing, right? Um, and we don't hear anything nope. about that but now all of a sudden from the from the family not only was a brick not only did this 22 year old decide that the only way he could defend himself against this 60 year old is to go find a brick and punch him in the face and hit him in the face with it not only that but apparently mr turner's condition himself deteriorated to the point that he needs help using the restroom now brushing he can't feed himself yeah. brushing his teeth now this is again we don't get any footage because we don't see mr mm -hmm. turner we don't hear from mr turner thereafter we only can tell you what the family is alleging is occurring to his health now i don't want to be mean <laughs> sure. but you know uh, even assuming for the sake of argument that this is true now i don't believe it at all i don't think his condition worse that that much i think maybe there were some issues because his head hit the concrete whatever you know god don't like ugly and if that's true you are going to try to fight and beat up someone who can't defend themselves because they're disabled and they can barely move and now look what situation you're in and your own drunken actions and reality have led to this yeah caused it right you're the you are the contributory the contributing factor to your own issue at least that's the way i see it and so i mean from from my perspective i really don't have much sympathy for the wife or the daughter or the husband i get it no one wants anything to happen to their family members but had Mr. Turner not been drugged, had Mr. Turner not been over there saying he's going to fuck this motherfucker up, do this, that, and third, had Mr. Turner not been in a fighter stance as if he's trying to fight people in the neighborhood, which I think is consistent with his behavior, I think, based upon what the testimony shows, um, we wouldn't have this situation at all, right? All right. So let's, 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 let's go on from there. So... We go through this. the the the, the, the defense does their 
their due diligence, their interviews of the friends. They find out what happened. They find out the reputation of Mr. Turner. We go to this. We go to that. The Mr. His Hicker is, I think, is it Hicker or Hisker? I didn't write his name. That's why when you mentioned I it, did. I was like, oh, geez, I didn't Hisker. realize that. Hisker, Hisker, H-I-S-K-E-R. So Hisker decides, okay, this is truly a self-defense of mm -hmm. oneself or others case. Let's go and do an immunity hearing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, so he motions to the court for an immunity, an immunity hearing. Now, most times people nowadays should know or hear this term often used, particularly with cops, that cops have uh, immunity from certain suits. Uh, people may have heard the term sovereign immunity, where the federal government says, you can't sue me unless I expressly say I can be sued for certain things. Some states have state immunity or sovereign immunity in regards to certain issues. All right. So what immunity is in this particular case is that the, the defense says, look, the facts are so strong that this is a self-defense case that there is no way a prosecutor can bring a case against my client because it wasn't a criminal act. What he did and punching um, Turner was self-defense of himself or of others. And because of that, that's a legally cognizable claim, excuse me, defense. And because of that legally cognizable defense, there's nothing you can do. Shut this prosecution down. Right. Mm -hmm. So we 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 go through the hearing. The wife is called. She testifies on the stand. Blah, 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 wait, blah. Wait, wait. Before that, go they offered the plea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Don't oh, you sorry. forget this plea because that's the part that broke my heart. All right, then you go ahead and tell them about the plea. So so the attorney, you know, does the immunity hearing. And so the, um, what are they called? The, the... Prosecutors. The prosecutors offer a plea, right? And I know you've educated me on this, but I can't, I still can't get it. I can't wrap it through my head. I always think that once you offer a plea, you know your case has loops where you may want to lose it you know you may lose it so you want to offer the plea so you can still gain something out of you know that case although you've mentioned to me no that's not true i still have that in my head but the prosecution right. offers a plea and the plea is um for him to plea assault and battery second degree which will have been classified as the misdemeanor he wouldn't have no convictions and Five years after, it will get expunged from his record. He will be a free man. Five years if what? If there was no um, no issues, you know, like he didn't have no more, um, uh, what is it called? Um, oh my Convictions, God, it charges. Convictions or, or anything with the police that he will get accused of anything. We get this plea deal. And the thing is, is Brandon is like, I can leave right now. Yeah. I can go his, home. His right mom now. and his dad were there with him, I, so he's, you know. His mom and dad was there. Now the 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 defense attorney wasn't happy with this plea at all, right? Now here's one thing that I really appreciated is that his frustration or his dislike for that plea. <coughs> sorry, you didn't hear that from him. In other words, 
He didn't tell Brandon his discontent with the plea. He didn't tell Brandon he shouldn't take the plea. He didn't tell Brandon, look, this case is strong, a self-defense case, we're good. He didn't. He allowed, he explained to Brandon the plea. He basically said this, look, if you take this plea, plea you have to admit to something that you didn't do. Whether it's a misdemeanor or not, you have to admit to something that you didn't do. Now, let's just break this plea down. I, per, First of all, the plea was shitty. Okay. If you are going to put it down to a misdemeanor, remember, you have to understand what is the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony. Misdemeanor with a, between a misdemeanor and a felony is that typically a misdemeanor only can give you jail time up into um, 364 days most people say a year, but technically 364 days, right? Because if you go over a year, technically you're supposed to be going to prison. You you um, can't be at the local jail, right? Pri uh, misdemeanor normally would not go to a prison. You would normally stay in the local jail if you, if you have any jail time. And it's typically less than a year. You have a fine maybe associated with it. That fine based upon the jurisdiction you live in depends, but it's normally a lower fine, maybe less than a thousand dollars, what have you, maybe some community service if need be. But what this plea deal says is, look, you admit to you doing this wrong, right? You stay there. Um, you won't go home. I mean, you won't go to jail. You'll go home today, but you better make sure damn well you don't do for shit five for years. five years. Yep. Right. I mean, it's like, who wants to have anything held over your head? five years and i want to go well, back to the words that brandon used you wouldn't because you but hold up okay. wait wait i'm not finished <laughs> with my thought trade of thought i want to go back to his words he five years right holding something over his head when brandon specifically said who's gonna believe me when you big you tall you black you're guilty right so something goes on whether or not he's involved or not what happened what have you the fourth year and the 35th day and something goes down that is not but the way he's looking at it is i get to be free today i won't spend not one day that's what you're saying right that's the way brandon is looking at it i'm saying the plea deal was bullshit from the beginning because you are trying to hold over my head five years for something that you want me to plead guilty to when technically I can only be in jail up to 364 days. I would rather just do the 364 days. So you're saying that had he gotten convicted, that's the max he would have spent? No, that's what the, no. What I'm saying is that's the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor, you only can have a certain amount of incarcerated days. Uh -huh. And it's typically less than a year. But he wouldn't right? have spent not one day in there. I know, but listen to me, Denise. What I'm saying is I am doing a mathematical calculation. No, 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 here, mathematical okay? uh, calculation. Shoot. I would rather be in there for 365 days. I'm just going to go up an extra day. Okay. I'd rather sit in jail for 365 days, get out of there, and be fucking done with you and everybody else. But that wouldn't have you happened, though. <laughs> because that's what they were giving him as a complete <coughs> deal. So 
had he had this plea deal not been on the table, it would have been a felony. So he wouldn't have spent 365. It would have been more than that. I get it. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is the prosecution is full of shit. The the deal itself was bullshit. It, it was a it was a house of cards that were going to fall as soon as the wind blew. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I appreciated the lawyer too. Um, in a way, right? Because I, I look at it and I'm like, wow. Had you told my my son, and I'm just putting myself in the mother's position, right? Had you told my son, don't take it because this is BS. Our case is strong. You know, my son would have been more. Um, what's the word um reassured if he was making the right decision or not by accepting it or not right but i also right. understood because he mentions it although he doesn't tell brandon or even the family don't do it or do it he still mentions to the camera i think this is bs i don't think that he should take it because we have a strong case you know but that's why i said earlier when you asked me what i felt about him i felt like he always from from the beginning had Brandon's best interest at heart like he believed him I don't think he doubted him ever you know that's why he did the job that he did trying to find those witnesses and whatnot but but yeah right all right so we are in here we are at the immunity hearing before they go into the hearing <laughs> they offer this plea the mom the mom is in there now uh, you know here he, he, he I I understand the mom's perception or perspective, and I guess I'm a little tainted because I know how, in reality, the criminal justice system right, works. Right, 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 right. Because right? but what she look, said, I would have been like, she, take the plea, take the damn plea. But what she, <laughs> uh, yeah, but she ain't no. say that. Her, the mom said, uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't teach you that. <laughs> what I teach you, what I taught you is, you only are going to admit to something that you goddamn right. did. Right, and if you ain't do it, do not you, say you better it. not admit to it. So the mom wasn't having that bullshit, right? Now, here's another thing, and so it's important for people to know. I get the mom's perspective, but the mom wasn't on trial. Right, track. exactly. <laughs> the mom was going home no matter and, what. And he now, kept trying to and, like tell her mom, if I if I take this now, I'm gonna go free. I can I can go back to my job at Jimmy Jazz. You know, I could. So he was trying, he was understanding her, but at the same token, all he kept thinking about was, I get to be free. I won't spend now one day in that jail, you know, like I will be able to go. Right. And and, and so for those out there listening, I, I know y'all probably get tired of hearing my voice, but I, I, I'm very big on teaching moments because growing up, I've never had someone to be able to teach me things. I had to learn the hard way all the time right or do a lot of research try to figure it out myself now brandon was 22 so technically he was an adult the mom didn't have no fucking say so whatsoever because at the end of the day he's on trial his attorney a client relationship with his girl is his relationship it has nothing to do with the mom if brandon so chooses to take in consideration what his mom says that's his choice it's not an obligation now i want to Flip the script and say, okay, let's say that you were a, a minor. Let's say you were 14, 15, 16, and you were charged with this and you were involved with this, okay? At the end of the day, even though you are a minor, you are the one that is on, on trial. 
And so I say that you, at this particular point, even though your parents may have paid for the lawyer, even though your parents may have been involved in every single meeting, at the end of the day, you are still the client. You decide what choice you, what option you want to take. And so you can't be dependent on mom and dad to make the decision for you. It's a decision that you have to take. And uh, excuse me, a decision that you have to make. And a lot of people don't understand that particularly because they're freaked out. Mom and dad is there. Mom and dad normally knows what they're saying. They they have been raising me this and the third. But it's really your choice when you are in that situation because the attorney-client privilege relationship is based upon that relationship with you, whether you're a minor or not. The lawyer may speak to your parents and that won't break the, the attorney-client privilege most, most, more, most times because you are a minor and you might need someone with a higher um, mental capacity to, to break things down for you. But at the end of the day, it's still your decision. Okay. Sorry. I, I felt like that's important because young kids getting in, in trouble all the time. Now, I don't know. I don't think Mr. Hisker was a public defender. <laughs> I didn't get the sense from that. I got the sense that he was a privately retained attorney. I, Do you, what yeah, did you get? I don't... It, damn it. If that was a public, a public defender, then assign me to him all the nah. damn time. But, yeah, nah. I don't think he was. He, uh, I don't think so. He he went out there. He was doing an investigation. He was going to get... And no, no shade, no tea to the public defenders. But we know we hear a lot of issues with that, particularly when it's the run-and-mill type of cases like this. The same BS happens. All right. Um, and 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 so they go to the immunity hearing. The, they put on their ev their ev their evidence. The wife testifies. I think it's the only one who actually testifies at the immunity hearing. No, the, and the, the daughter. The daughter. The daughter didn't testify so at the immunity okay, hearing. That okay, was okay, at the okay, actual okay. trial. Um, the wife testifies at the immunity hearing. The judge takes a day to decide what he wants to do. What does he decide? Um, so before he decides, though, did they mention before what the conditions were if he didn't accept the plea or whatnot? No, they never did. So they said it afterwards. Okay, right. so um, the decision was denied. They were going to trial. Right, they, they denied because... It, there was enough evidence that it could be self-defense self and then there was conflicting evidence that it could not have been, it might not have been self-defense, right. right? And so, and to answer your question, no, because that why, that's why at the, after this, Brandon was It's just that he told her he was <laughs> Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. You gotta be that that cry. That cry was but like put yourself in his situation. He's thinking that no, I'm not going to take this plea deal because apparently that offer was still going to be available if they denied the motion, right? If they denied this immunity hearing, he thought he was under the impression that the offer was still going to be available. So he felt like, okay. It's denied, but I still can go back to the offer and be free. So imagine now they telling him, nobody, the offer is no longer on the table. You have to go to trial. And here, here's a teaching moment. Here's a teaching moment, okay? Teaching moment being this. 
find this crap out, okay? If you offer something, find out. If we, if I decide to take option but B, shouldn't that have been, will option shouldn't and, that have been the lawyer's um, position? N no, the lawyer's job ethical obligation was satisfied. His ethical obligation was to convey an offer because an offer was provided. That would technically be a counter offer. Now, Brandon could have went back and said, hey, this is great. Okay, I like the way this sounds. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying I like the way this sound. Okay, I like the way this sound. Okay, I, I, I might take it, but before I take it, I want to. I want to do option B. And if I give you option B, will option A still be available? That's a count off. Okay, so okay? educate us, the, right? Because you the the, the this ain't free no, legal listen, advice. Okay, I'm just telling you right though, now that, that what you said specifically out of your your own mouth was. That should have been a kind of offer, you know, that should have been something discussed, but we don't know. Like I put myself in that situation, right? This is happening to my child. You of course know because you have that background and you know what to say, but I, I wouldn't have known to make sure to tell the lawyer, okay, so we're not going to accept this offer, but let's counter offer. I never in my, never in my mind would I have guessed to even mention any of that. So yeah, it's a negotiation. Shouldn't that have been the lawyer though to say? I I we okay. <laughs> let's be let's be fair. Let's be fair. This only a forty-two minute episode, so we don't. I'm sure they when they did the editing, they cut things out. We don't know if they tried to do that or not. Okay, what I'm saying to people who are listening and looking. Okay. <laughs> These are questions that you want to ask. Try to figure out before I take door A, if I decide I want to take door B, can I come back through door B to get through door A? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are things that you want to you want to try to cipher through. Because you at the end of the day, I'm very big on this. No matter what is going on, you want to make an informed decision. An informed decision means that you have all the available information before you that you think it's relevant for you to make that decision and if you don't have all that information how can you make an informed decision so even before i was a lawyer i've always been big but on see, that i need to know things about how to make an informed decision listen, i tell you this a thousand million times not out of out of the a thousand millions of people in the united states not everyone is like you like nobody sits there and think I have to ask these specific specific questions to be informed. Ain't nobody thinking about that. I think about but that's about you. I need to know what's going on. No, I get it. But you know, these are teaching moments. This have nothing to do with legal advice. And by the way, this is not legal advice because I don't represent anyone okay, right now um, on this podcast or associated with this podcast or, you know, people looking, but these are just common sense principles that you want to implement period. I'm telling you right now, make them common sense principles, make them common sense principles. Someone, if someone gives you an option, find out what other options are available. It, it, it does not hurt to ask questions because at the end of the day, and if someone says, well, you got to take this, or don't take nothing else. Then at the end of the day, you know where you are. Then you can decide. Now I'm the type of person to be like, go fly off the fucking off the fucking moon, because 
You don't get to dictate and you don't get to tell me what I'm going to do. I am going to decide that. But everyone isn't like me. And I understand that there are also situations and frustrations and other things that elements come in there, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, you control your decision at that moment, right? There's no one who can take away your power to decide in that moment until you give it His away. His mama did. She didn't. Uh, I would have told her, look, <laughs> lady, if you don't shut up, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Unless, unless you go trade with me, okay, and be on trial for this situation, I need you to sit back and, and just be quiet. Thank you. I love you. Yeah, so that <laughs> but I need you to I need you to be quiet. This was the most um, um the, the part in the entire episode that I felt like, oh my gosh, like I even cried because it was seeing him so broken with the fact that I listened to you. You told me, you know. Right, that's yeah, what he said. Uh, oh listen to you. He just kept saying, I just wanna go back to Jimmy Jazz. I just wanna go back. Jimmy Jazz. <laughs> All right, Brandon, if you listen it though, you want to hook a brother up with a discount, <laughs> let a brother know. I love Jimmy Jazz. All right. Um, now, and so anyway, the deal is the prosecution said, now, nah, bro, judge already said we got enough evidence. We're good. Now. So we're going to trial. <clears throat> we're going to trial like mother. All right. So they go to the trial. So we get to, we get to the trial and we hear testimony again from the wife i think yes. right she lied okay i'm gonna tell you right now because the first thing the first time i heard that i immediately went back to the body camera i actually rewind because i want to make sure that i didn't miss it miss anything mm -hmm. right and i was looking at the guy's face there's no marks of of no 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 blood no like imprints now here i'm just saying this because i am a person who actually was hit in the head with a brick and who had his head bust wide open and almost died from losing blood so uh, y'all you, you can make that face all you want but all i know is i'm the person who was on that table feeling every freaking stitch going into my head because i got there so late and they had time to really give me no anesthesia okay that is me i i have a print right here in the middle of my head now, i ain't gonna tell y'all who did this to me uh because you mentioned you know, it in yeah. other episodes everybody knows and anyway, i okay i understand that when you get hit with a brick there's going to be an imprint okay something all right didn't see anything not only that but i didn't hear her screaming he had to hit her with a brick she said why did he punch him like that all right now if there was a brick we would have heard that that would have been even further commotion that we didn't hear that anyhow so she testifies there then they bring brings shade turner or sadie turner i don't know if her name was shade or sadie whatever that is the wife of Cain. Which is Turner's daughter. Which is Turner's daughter. And Cain is the guy who Turner was fighting, mm -hmm. who is now deceased. And she says this, and I love this. See, this is this is why, as as a when you see, I, I don't know what the prosecution was doing, because I wouldn't have put her ass on that stand unless she knew what the fuck she was talking about, okay? <laughs> She was a great witness for the defense because she says 
First, she says, I saw him. They were leaving. She said, we were leaving, talking about her and Kane and, 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 and them. We were leaving, and then Brandon just hit him. Okay? And the dad wasn't doing anything. She claimed her father wasn't being an aggressor or anything. Then she says, he says, okay, but did you see a brick? And she was like, yeah. Hit him with a brick. Then he was asking more questions. And then she was like, well, I assume he came down and hit him with a brick. And he was like, wait, this is the this is defense attorney. Defense attorney was like, are you are you telling me that you are this is this is the the what did he call it? This is the smoking gun? And you tell me you just assume you see a brick? And so then she was like, well, I don't know. Here she go, try to get into her psychology. I don't know if my mind just won't let me see the break because of trauma. She sure did say All right. that. What, what did you think about her testimony? You, you think she was lying or was she really in grief and trauma? I don't think, I don't think she was in grief or trauma because it, like you mentioned before, earlier when you were saying you know that you didn't you didn't believe neither one of them my thing was you in a tough situation right because your husband is involved in the situation and your father is involved too you know you know how your father is because you've mentioned you know the fights that he's had with your husband you know your husband has suffered through all of this yet you're still gonna sit there and you basically choosing your your father over what happened to your husband like you're lying you you are sitting there lying trying to make it seem like your dad didn't didn't even move a finger and it was all brandon who came in and and just assaulted him for no reason like i had an issue with her since the beginning i can understand the wife i can put myself in the wife situation and understand why you hit him you could have just pushed him you're you're taller than him and maybe just a push would have you know what i mean but as the daughter when it's your husband who's on, you know, your father is assaulting and all of that. Lady, you lying. Like, really? Yeah, no, I didn't believe her at all. I I, I felt like she was lying. And um, I think it was, I think it came across that she was lying. So anyhow, we go through that. Then we get the officer. I, I, I forgot her name, but she was, you know, she was up there. The, the prosecute, excuse me, the defense called the, the officer and one of the responding officers and basically said, hey, you you were there that night when the, when the police was called. She was like, yes. Then he was like, did the wife or anybody tell you it was a brick? And her facial expression was like, brick, what the fuck is that? <laughs> she looked like she was about to crack up on yeah, that stand. Like, and she was like, no. mm, nah. Mm-mm. I don't know who the fuck she didn't say that. No, she we didn't say it like that. She said no. Yeah, no. I know, but her facial expression said that. Damn. And then we called um, one of the doctors. So the doctor who examined Mr. Turner, right? And they asked the same question. Whether, was there any evidence of a brick? Him being hit in the face with a brick. And he basically was like, look, bro. Nah. Mm-mm. My, my license would be taken. If I didn't, if we didn't notate that there was some kind of contusion from being hit in the face with a brick or some kind of broken, broken bone or tooth or some kind of wound on the face, on the face that was sufficient or similar to 
been hit by um, hit by a, a brick. And then, right? So I think that was the first day for the defense side of the case. I think they go home, right? Because Brandon testifies the last day. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the I second Brandon, day is when she tells him about the dishes. All right, you want to say that part? So, so we we finish the testimony. We end the testimony with the doctor. Then they go home, and the next day, they're the cameras are in their house. And what does Mama say? Um, that to leave the dishes um out there because he was gonna wash them when he came back from the trial. <laughs> but the thing was the, the camera the camera uh, I, they so shady okay so Annie after she says that and she's dead yeah, serious yeah, she's, like, she's like Brandon she's like Brandon you don't gotta worry about the dishes before we go cause you can do that when you get back but that was her uh, way of the, reassuring herself that oh my god you know please. he's coming back and, home and and then she pan the the camera pans to the dishes, and it's like two fucking cups in there. Two, I was on <laughs> one, but you <laughs> you're right. And I'm saying in my head because I got a 16 year old. I'm saying in my head, boy, if I would have told Davion to wash the dishes, and it was just two cups in there. I think he would have did some flips down the steps, just as happy as he could be to wash two cups. Now, I'm like two cups. Like, like this in full. I'll wait until there's more dishes in here. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we go to the trial the next day and brandon testifies right so and and that's a big deal right it's a big deal because we're going back brandon is big right we go back to this but most defend defendants don't testify a lot of defendants don't testify you're not required to testify right, right? Um, and oftentimes most, def most lawyers defending will recommend that you don't testify because you open, you can open the door to so many things, so many situations where on cross-examination is going to come out and is, it has, it can have absolutely nothing to do with the case, but have more with, to do with the fact that we are trying to impugn your character or impugn your 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 abilities or who you are or make you seem like a liar. And especially if you have some kind of felony or something, we're bringing that up because it's important to make you out as a liar. As someone that, had, that, um, that was so, violent already or, you know, had issues right, or whatnot. Right, exactly. Right. So, and so the prosecution, when they, when they bring him up, the prosecution comes and talks and, and, um, examine him. And the thing that the prosecution focuses on, on this are basically the same things that Brandon said at the beginning. Remember Brandon said, when you big, you tall, you black, you guilty. And inevitably, I know I keep going back to that. And the reason I keep going back to that is because those, those statements from Brandon showed itself in this in this particular trial i think in multiple ways multiple um ways that those th that that statement come back and immediately the prosecution tries to reconfigure mm -hmm. right the situation right and it and it kind of backfired you want to tell them what happened when the prosecution had brandon come up to to um to show the jury like how Mr. Turner was in comparison to them. 
Do you remember that part? You remember when they had that? They had this old white man who was all frail, like bending oh, over, bone that. small. Yeah, they had him standing in front of Brandon, and they were like, "So this is, Mr. Turner was about this size, right?" And Brandon was like, "Yeah, the height, oh, but that. he was really skinny and bent over." And then he was like, and so they were trying to show from the differences, um, the differences in the height, yeah. the differences in the weight. And they were trying to portray Mr. Turner as this meek, timid, small individual who, even if he was yelling and screaming, because the, the video shows that no one would ever think that he is a threat. Right. So that's what they're trying to portray. And Brandon was like, yeah, bro, he might be the same height, but he ain't the same bill because Mr. Mr. Turner was more muscular and more aggressive. And that was, I'm, if Brandon ever listens to this, I'm going to say kudos to you because I am glad that you brought that out. That this don't look nothing like the man on that particular day, right? Um, and Brandon, his story never changed. His story was when he testified was that he was trying to back him out. Um, and the punch was an opportunity to back him away from him because he thought he was coming out for him. And then the guy, the prosecutor was like, well, you didn't say, um, back the hell up, old man, did you? And Brandon was like, nah, bruh, I didn't. I punched him. <laughs> he did not say it like that. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Okay. I, no, I did not. Um, and so that happened. And then we go into the closing arguments and the closing arguments from the prosecution side is the same. It's basically Brandon is this giant vitriolic, like humongous guy who's coming out to try to tear up the, the, the elderly. Right. Um, and w do you remember the defense closing argument? I thought he did an exceptional job of playing. Did you even watch the show? Obviously, I did because it was my favorite out of all. But I don't be paying attention to like tell. every single detail like you did. I can't. I can't tell. <laughs> all right. Now the pro the defense came back and said, "Okay, y'all want to play that game, prosecution? Okay, thank you." Right. So the defense comes back and say, "Look, yeah." The prosecution wants you to believe that Mr. Brandon or Mr. Joyner um, was aggressive. They want you to talk about, let's talk about the difference in demeanor. They want you to t look at the difference in sizes, but I'm going to talk to you about the difference in demeanor. What you heard was Mr. Turner aggressive saying, I'm going to fuck you up, motherfucker, this, that, and the third. And you don't hear any of that from Brandon. Yeah, he might be bigger. Yeah, he might be taller, but he's a gentle giant. And he has a soft spot for individuals with disabilities because his mom has a disability, right? She suffers from seizures and you see her, she's feeble, right? Um, and so this was important for him. And this is what his mom taught him to help those who can't help themselves. So this isn't about height and anger. Okay. This is about Why demeanor. you sound like you're preaching? I was just saying, because that's what I would do if I was in that closing argument. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, so ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you need to take into consideration all the facts. And the facts show that the aggressor was Turner. And Mr. Brandon was trying to save an individual's life from this aggression 
from Mr. Turner. And ladies and gentlemen, because of that, you have to return a verdict of not guilty. You did awesome. And thank you. And what was that verdict? Not guilty. Not motherfucking guilty. So the verdict turns out to be not guilty. And then what does mom say? I told you. Oh, oh no, no. She said about the dishes. No, she didn't even no, say no, that no. as they walk it out to, of the he, court. He what is it that? Wash those dishes now. That she said. As soon as you get home, you still gotta wash those dishes. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a that was a good that was episode. The best episode uh, so far. Like it was so uh, eye opening. No, I don't think so. Which one you think? Not for me. You think four? I I think episode four is the best thus Man. far for me. I'll, I'll tell you why we'll I don't I don't like episode four. We'll talk about yeah. that. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the episode for today. Um, as you can see, this episode went longer than episode two, um, mainly because I didn't like episode two. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but episode three, yeah. Episode three was a good episode. So make sure y'all check out um, A&E. Accused, guilty or innocent? All right. So it is a good show for those of you out there looking and listening. It is A&E's Accused, Guilty or Innocent. Go out there and look at it. Um, we have uh, seven episodes, um, out there so far, I think for this particular season, but two of those episodes is actually related to one case. Um, so, um, there's technically six cases, seven episodes. Um, so go out there and look it out. Um, you, for those of you who are looking at us on Instagram or on YouTube, make sure you, you like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure that you check us out on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. We are there. I'm putting that right there. We also have IG and Twitter at Peeps Creek. It is out there located. You can also send us messages, text messages, or call us with um, commentary or suggestions or critiques. It's all good. We all here. It's all love. All right. Uh, until next time, continue to drink, listen, and converse. I want to thank Denise once again for helping me out with this particular episode. Say goodbye to the people, Denise. Goodbye with the jets flying right behind. All right. And I'm Sean, and always, it is a pleasure. All right. Peace and love.